In the time following the resurrection, the Gospels contain stories of Jesus appearing uh, in various places. Uh, you'll remember he appeared to the disciples behind locked doors. That's when he met Thomas. You'll perhaps remember he met, walked along some friends traveling to Emmaus. And here this morning we find him appearing on a beach while the disciples are fishing. John's account of post-resurrection appearance of Jesus is found in the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to John. I invite you to listen for the Word of God. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered, No. Jesus said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped in or into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. A second time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he answered, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to Peter, follow me. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, empower us to live in the light of the gospel. 
declaring his truth with our words and embodying this truth through our actions. Give us love for you and love for one another. Amen. You know, sometimes it seems that not many second chances exist in the world. Sometimes it feels like three strikes you're out with no opportunity for redemption. But wouldn't it be great if there were do-overs? You make a dumb mistake, you make an irrational decision, you get a bad diagnosis. Wouldn't it be great if there was simply a do-over, a second chance? I know the Kentucky Derby original winner yesterday would like a second chance. You know, the Masters Golf Tournament finished several weeks ago, and for that matter, the PGA Championship is in a couple of weeks at, what, Bethpage Blackout on Long Island. But we have here in FPC, at FPC, our own version of a major golf tournament right around the corner, May 22nd, to benefit youth missions sponsored by our deacons. And admittedly, there are differences between the Masters or PGA and the our FPC tournament. For one, the Masters doesn't have Mike LaBrunda on the 8th fairway offering to any golfer who hits a good shot a taste of good, fine, single malt. The Masters may have pimento cheese sandwiches, but they don't have Wefferling cookies. And at the PGA, golfers can't purchase mulligans. That's right, at the FPC golf tournament, you can buy mulligans. Now, for those of you who are uninitiated in the ways of golf, a mulligan is a free shot. No, not a shot of LaBrunda single mauled. It's a, a free golf shot. If you hit a shot and you don't like it, it goes in the lake or in the woods or it hits someone and you don't want to be the one to admit that you're the one who actually hit it, you can take a mulligan and play the shot all over again and there's no penalty stroke assessed. It's like you never hit that errant shot. And I think, I may be wrong, but I think you can buy as many mulligans as you want. Only $5 a pop. It's all for a good cause. Well, you know, wouldn't it be great to have a bunch of mulligans in your pocket for all the times you screw up in life? Or when life seems to throw you a curve? A policeman stops you for speeding. You just tear up the ticket and say, thanks, officer, but I'll be taking a do-over. The bank says you bounced a check. You hand them a mulligan. No problem, they say back. You get in an argument with a friend and say something mean and cruel. I think I'll be taking that mulligan now. Sure thing, they say. Fail a test. Blow a presentation at work. Invest in the wrong company. Forget to send in your taxes. Just take a do-over. A mulligan, which would nullify that time you bullied a classmate. Or that time you got behind the wheel knowing you had too much to drink. Wouldn't it be great to have a mulligan for the affair which at the time seemed so appropriate? What would you give to have a mulligan for that poor health diagnosis? Yes, sometimes it seems like there aren't many mulligans, many do-overs, many second chances out there. But in reality, there are. Especially when it comes to our relationship with God. Just ask Simon Peter. If anyone needed a second chance, it's Simon Peter, who let down his closest friend, denying that he knew him, that he even knew who he was, not once, not twice, but three times. How about a mulligan for that one? Let's begin with Simon Peter out on his boat, fishing alongside the other disciples. He is brooding, thinking deep thoughts, not, not quite sure what to make of all that has happened. Then there is this flashback. 
He recalls how some months earlier he left his fishing nets at the seashore to become a follower of Jesus and how Jesus liked him and invited him to be part of his leadership team with the words, follow me, and changed his name from Simon to Peter, which means the rock, because Jesus felt that Simon was strong, stable, solid like a rock. But then all of a sudden things turned sour. Jesus was arrested and Peter the rock got scared that fateful night denying his Lord three times. The next day, Good Friday, Jesus was nailed to a cross and Simon Peter was devastated, shattered, defeated, brokenhearted. But then came Easter and Peter was at once in the, at one and the same time thrilled beyond belief, excited, fearful, gratified over Christ's resurrection, and yet confused and perplexed about his own future. So he returns to Galilee with his friends. Several days pass. Nothing has happened. Simon Peter have been waiting there in Galilee for some time, waiting, waiting, but nothing has happened. So finally, in typical fashion, Simon Peter gets patient. He can't take it anymore, and he says words which if those here who love fishing know it is in the Bible, it must be their favorite verse. For Peter says, I'm going fishing. It's as if Simon is saying, I can't handle this any longer. The waiting is driving me up the wall. I'm, I'm worn out with the uncertainty. I'm going back to the old secure life, the old life of being a fisherman. Maybe it will assuage my guilt. They fish all night, as you heard, but no luck. But then as dawn breaks, they see someone standing on the shore. It's the risen Lord, but somehow they don't recognize Him at this point. Jesus tells them to cast their nets on the other side of the boat, and they do, and find and bring in a huge catch of fish. Finally, recognizing the stranger as, as Jesus, Simon Peter dives into the lake and swims urgently to the shore. As they all reach the shore, they see the risen Lord cooking breakfast for them over a charcoal fire. And after he serves them breakfast, he takes Simon Peter off to the side and asks him the question, Simon, do you love me? Not once, not twice, but three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Oh, less, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. Then the story ends exactly the way it started months before with Christ saying to Simon at the seashore those words, follow me. Peter is restored, reinstated, given a second chance. Thomas A. Edison was working on a crazy contraption years ago called a light bulb. And it took a whole team of men 24 straight hours to put just one together. The story goes that when Edison was finished with one light bulb, he gave it to a young boy helper who nervously carried it up the stairs. Step by step, he cautiously watched his hands, obviously frightened of dropping such a priceless piece of work. You've probably guessed what happened. The poor young fellow dropped the bulb at the top of the stairs, and it took the entire team another 24 hours to make another bulb. Finally tired and ready for a break, Edison was ready to have his bulb carried up the stairs. He gave it to the same young boy who dropped the first one. Sometimes it may seem that second chances are rare, but when they do come, and they do come, second chances are powerful. 
Friends, if there is something in your life that has you by the throat and won't let you go, if some fear has seized you, some measure of guilt about a past misdeed, some deep and abiding anger about the raw deal you feel life has dealt you, the God of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ desires nothing more than to serve you breakfast and invite you into a relationship of love, trust, and forgiveness. You know, it's so good to be reminded that our past failures are not final and our pain need not be fatal. Your future is not determined by your past. Your future is not determined by what you used to be. Your future is not determined by what you have done. What Jesus did for Peter, Jesus will do for you. I don't know about you, but it's good to know that our Creator is willing to work with us to be patient and understanding with us, to give us many opportunities to learn and to grow. He doesn't cast us aside when we fail. He doesn't turn His back on us. Rather, He reaches out to us with the loving arms of forgiveness, giving us another chance and giving us a mission to join Him in healing and feeding the world. Jesus continues to call out, follow me. Let us all heed the call.